Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's senior care consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello, and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your senior care consultant, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. I have a wonderful program on tap. It's me, myself, and I, all three of us here. <laughs> so uh, how's everyone doing? I, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas celebration with you and your family and your friends, and I don't know about you, but this year I was I was kind of worn out. <laughs> By the time Christmas evening rolled around, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and and I usually I usually don't get really too tired, uh, not not too bad. And uh, but but this year I was I was pretty spent. So I was just kind. Of, I mean, I loved it all. I enjoyed everything, uh, but I was kind of ready to just kind of move on uh, toward. Uh, here we are now. Uh, you know. <laughs> Here we are in the end of the year coming up on the New Year's Eve, all the New Year's celebrations. So anyway, yeah, my mom and I, we uh, we kept up the tradition. We cooked all of our tamales. We traveled uh, to see my, my in-laws and then my mom's Christmas Day. We watched the Chiefs uh, play a horrible game. Oh, my goodness. That was just awful. <laughs> and uh, and again, by Christmas night, I was wiped out. But hopefully everyone just had a, had a great time and... Uh, um, and uh, Merry Belated Christmas, and here we go. In the news, I've been wanting to do uh, one of the Senior Care in the News segments for a long time, and I ran into a few things I wanted to share with you. So here we go. And now, Senior Care in the News. A news report from Steve Keeker, president of Senior Care Consulting. All right, this is from Fox News, December the 13th. 2023. I just, this one caught me off guard a little bit. U.S. life expectancy falls below pre pandemic level. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is that? So the FDA commissioner, his name is Robert uh, Califf, tweeted, quote, We are facing extraordinary headwinds in our public health with a major decline in life expectancy. The major decline in the U.S. is not just a trend, I would describe it as catastrophic, end quote. And he did, you know, he talked about all the normal stuff, smoking, dieting, you know, chronic illness, et cetera, et cetera. But people are dying at abnormally high numbers, even since COVID deaths have waned. 
And so um, (laughs) here's some numbers. This is disturbing. Average life expectancy in 2019 was 78.8 years. Right, so that that's about kind of what what you would expect. 2020 that dropped big time to 77, and in 2022 it dropped again to 76.1. So let's just do a little math here. That is 2.7 years decline in just three years. That's like, whoa, whoa, that's a runaway train. Hopefully that (laughs) levels out and then starts to go back up. Uh, Men's life expectancy is now 73.2 years. That's Sean, at our age, 73.2 years. That that that's no bueno. Yeah, it's not very long for either one of us. Yeah. (laughs) We're we better make the most of our (laughs) the rest of our days. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, 73.2 years, and then women's life expectancy at 79.1. That's the largest gap between men and women since 1996. So I do blame that on uh, the men. We do really dumb stuff when we're young, and I think it shaves a year off here and a year off there. But uh, in all seriousness, 73.2, oh, my goodness, that 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 just sounds horribly low. And uh, and, and, and there, I, I didn't really read any, anything that kind of is starting to contribute to that. So, uh, again, 78 in 2019, average life expectancy in three years it dropped down to 76.1. That is that's a bad deal right there. All right, and then I was reading U.S. News and World Report, December 19th, 2023. This is interesting, and I'm I'm not trying to stir the pot, ruffle some feathers. <laughs> Here's the headline: Probiotics might help ward off COVID-19. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So it goes on to say probiotics might be able to help people dodge the worst effects of COVID-19. A new clinical trial results show unvaccinated people who took lactobacillus laced probiotics, say that uh, fast five times, had reduced COVID symptoms and even delayed infection. And the study suggests probiotics could be a simple and inexpensive way to treat folks who have been exposed to COVID, researchers say. So th- that's the part that I don't think Big Pharma really wants anyone to know. Simple and inexpensive way to treat folks who have been exposed to COVID. So probiotics are designed to boost the beneficial bacteria that live inside the body, primarily in the gastrointestinal tract, Prior to COVID, there was strong evidence that probiotics were protective against respiratory infections, said lead researcher Dr. Paul Wishmeyer. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right, Wishmeyer, Associate Vice Chair for Clinical Research at Duke University, Duke Health Department of Anesthesiology. Our study... So this is a quote, our study lends credence to the notion that our symbiotic microbes can be valuable partners in the fight against COVID-19 and potentially other future pandemic diseases, Wishmeyer added. 
So I'm like, okay, well, so what are we talking about? It, I mean, does it have a 2% impact or is it big or, or what, what are we looking at here? Participants in the study who took the probiotic were 60% less likely to develop COVID symptoms than those who got the placebo. Quote, other early studies have shown that probiotics may also enhance the effect of vaccines against other viral illnesses, such as influenza, end quote, Wishmeyer added. So what do you think about that one? (laughs) That's, uh, you you know, you, you hear about some of these, you know, super cheap. They've been around forever. Uh, alternative treatments for COVID-19. And and again, I mean, each day, I think we're learning more and more about COVID itself, you know, the the vaccines, possible treatments, alternative treatments. But the cynic in me, again, thinks that giant pharma just doesn't want simple, inexpensive treatments to be discovered because that would cost them literally tens and tens of billions of dollars. But that's just the cynic in me. So how do you feel about it? And if the trials continue to substantiate and verify the use of probiotics, and if that proves that it's helpful, would you take them? I think I would versus maybe another vaccine or some other unproven uh, method. I, I don't know. I just that caught my attention. I thought it was really, really, really interesting. And it isn't some fringe little nothing, you know, little weirdo uh, trial. You could find reports and trials anywhere you want to look for them. But that's from Duke University. So it's it's a legitimate uh, trial and experiment and report. So I, I, I was just really interested in that. And then USA Today, 12-24-23. So Christmas Eve, COVID variant JN.1 is nearly half of COVID cases in the U.S., according to the CDC. JN.1 is currently the fastest-growing variant and the dominant one, making up nearly half of the cases in the U.S. as of Friday, December the 22nd. Now, this is kind of what you would expect to hear. JN.1 is likely more transmissible than other variants. Or at least it's better at evading our immune systems than other circulating variants. Again, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. By the way, why does why the abbreviation for Centers for Disease Control and Prevention just called the CDC? Why isn't it called the CDCP? Things that make you go, Hmm. (laughs) And then it goes on to say this follows a pattern of COVID-19 rising to a peak in the late summer. This seems to be the cycle for this stuff. And I don't know if it's ever going to go away. But it, it, it peaks up in the late summer and then it drops down and then it starts gaining ground and it peaks again. Uh, right at the beginning of the new year. And I think that has to do with a lot of vacationing. And then towards the end of the year, lots and lots of people traveling and gathering uh, and, and then you know, spreading it around. So uh, viruses, the job of a virus is to live. And so it mutates and it becomes more infectious, but less, uh, I guess, less impactful on the symptom side of things. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to share all of the, some of that news with you. I thought that was a, a good time to do that. All right, let's not forget the Senior Care Live question of the week. There is a seasonal demand for all senior care. Is that statement true or false? 
What do you think? You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. More of a statement. There is a seasonal demand for all senior care. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... True. The answer is true. And I'll tell you what, every time I explain that to someone, their jaw just hits the hits the floor. They're like, what? You're, oh, you're kidding me. I, I just I had no idea. So that's why I do talk about that a lot toward the end of the year and right at the first of the year. So let me just give a little recap on that. So first and foremost, there is always, always every minute of every day of every year, there's always a demand for senior care and and all kinds of senior care. Medicare certified home health, home care, and, and then every single level and type of senior care community. There's always a demand for this. If you haven't heard, over 10,000 people are retiring every day. We're getting older and older by the minute. And we are requiring, more and more of us are requiring care. So, but, but there is, there's a cyclical effect and there is a seasonal demand. So let's start at the lowest part of this curve because it's not your normal bell curve. So normally you'll see a bell curve and it'll start really low and it'll start to come up and, and then it, it'll just spike up. It'll go just really, really, really high and then it'll, it'll come down. If it's an inverted bell curve, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start and it's going to drop and drop and then it'll drop really low like a, like a big U, right? And then it'll come way back up and then it'll kind of level off. Well, this is not like that because there's always a demand. So that drop off is just a little bit. So just imagine kind of the shallow cereal bowl. Kind of, it, it kind of looks like that a little bit. So the lowest demand of the entire year, June, July, and August. So it's summertime. Everyone's feeling better. There's always a demand, but there's just less of a demand during the summertime. And then as we move toward fall and toward winter, it starts to pick up and increase. And then once you hit January, boom, it bumps way up. It bumps way up. And it peaks out, peak demand, January, and it stays level. February, and it stays level, I'd say about halfway into March. And then it starts to kind of trail down to that little shallow trough in the middle of the year. So just think of it as a crooked cereal bowl. (laughs) With the left side of the cereal bowl, that's higher than the right side of the cereal bowl with just a shallow trough in the center of it. I mean, that's exactly, if you, if you charted it out, that's exactly what it would look like. And you can set your clock to this. This happens every single year over and over and over again. And that's the cycle and that's the seasonal demand. Well, Steve, why does it jump up in January and February? 
And so a couple of things happen. And we're just about through most of the first part. So toward the end of the year, everyone is gathering for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's Eve celebrations, all the stuff. We're traveling, we're getting together. And so many times, and I've talked about this before, but so many times, you don't get a true indication of your elderly mom or dad or grandparent. Could be anyone, any elderly loved one. You, you may live out of town and you, you talk to them on the phone. You might Skype or FaceTime or Zoom or have you know some, some sort of a virtual interaction with them. But once you go over to their house and you hang out for you know, several hours, maybe a few days, you get a lot better reading on the situation. And so many times families gather and then they have this unexpected realization of, oh, my goodness, mom's in trouble. Dad needs help. Our grandparents, we, we need to get some help for them here, whoever, whoever the loved one is. And so families have this realization and then families talk. They have a meeting and they talk about it like, well, you know, we need to try to keep her here in the house and maybe we'll start to look at home care providers. Let's just wait till after the first of the year and then we'll find a, we'll find a great home care company. Or if you're going to need to move to maybe an assisted living community, maybe even to long-term care, you may need memory care, you may just need general care. You're like, well, you know, let's just let's get through the holidays. And then after the first, let's go out and let's look at some places and then we'll choose one. And let's just deal with this after the holidays. That's what we do in America. We 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 put things off until after the holidays. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times over my entire life I was trying to get something done. Oh, Steve, look, we'll, look, we'll just circle back with me after the holidays. <laughs> and, and, I, but I, and I get it. Everyone's busy. But, and if it's a crisis, you have to move immediately. But typically, you've got this newly realized, pent-up, delayed demand because, again, th- this was a surprise to the family. And they're like, oh, my goodness. We'll wait till after the holidays. So you've got that. And then the other thing that happens is just there is a natural increase in illness. I just said in the senior care in the news report, I, I talked about the the cycle of COVID and it peaks out right about the new year. So you just have this normal uptick in demand for because of you know COVID, you've got influenza, you've got pneumonia, uh, you, you have uh, you know RSV. People are falling on the ice and breaking hips where we have ice and snow in in all the various parts of the the country. I know you're not worrying about that in Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, etc. But there are a lot of broken hips (laughs) in a lot of parts of of the country because of the weather. So you have a natural increase in demand along with this newly realized pent-up, delayed demands so are like, oh my goodness, after the first of the year, and then everyone acts at about the same time. I can, I'm can, i really tuned into this, so I, I, can, I can really feel this. Let me pull up my calendar here, and I'll tell you about when this is going to happen. 
So let's uh, let's get down here to January. January the first is on a Monday, so people are going to be coming out of the kind of the holiday fog and kind of getting their act together later that week, January the fourth and the fifth. I would suggest to you that by Monday, January the eighth, there's just going to be a rush, and I mean a major rush. There will across the nation, there will be tens of thousands of people literally flooding into the market, and they're they're going to be taking up all the beds, all the spaces, all the apartments. They're going to be taking all the hours of the home care providers, and they're going to just eat up all of the inventory. And that happens year after year after year after year. So hopefully that will help you understand that if you're needing a place, do not delay. Get out there and get right after it. And coming up next, I'm going to tell you more about how to get out ahead of it and to make some smart decisions. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so just talked about that seasonal demand. Everyone's so surprised to know that if you wait too long after the first of the year, there, <laughs> there may be no space left, and I'm not even exaggerating that at all. And I, I've worked with a lot of clients throughout the month of December who said, Steve, I don't think that we're going to need to move until maybe springtime, possibly summertime. But we agree with you that we want to be proactive. And now that we understand there's this big spike in demand in January, we want to get out ahead of that and get our name on a waiting list. And here's a little pro tip. The best places, so everyone wants to move to the best place, well, so does everyone else. So the best places usually have a waiting list right now. And so my clients are getting out. We're doing our homework. We're making some decisions. And they may be fourth on the list. If they would have put that off for 30, 45 days, uh, you might be 14th or 24th on the waiting list. I'm not exaggerating. Right? So, so I, I guess the message is, even if you're not moving until summertime, the sooner you get out and do your homework, make some decisions, get your name on a wait list, the better. Okay, so I am just going to fly through this part, what to determine before beginning your search. There are going to be so many people out looking, and not everyone is going to call Senior Care Consulting, and I know that. Uh, a lot of people will call my firm, Senior Care Consulting, to receive Expert guidance, trying to get this right, trying to help you make your best decision possible. But a lot of people are just going to go out and try to figure it out on their own. So what you need to determine before ever beginning your search, you need to determine what level of care you're going to need, what type of care you will require. Then the payment methods, how are you going to pay for this stuff? It's horribly expensive, as I will share here shortly. <laughs> uh, location parameters. So the question is, how far are you willing to drive 
for your loved one to receive the best care. And so that's, uh, that's, that, that's a big one. Then any personal preferences and needs, uh, something that's just very, very specific, very important to your loved one. So once you determine that, then we need to look at all of our options. And uh, so let me just uh, get into this. So the first place that you could visit is independent living, as, as far as not visit, but actually move to. So if you're moving from your home and you want to move to a place, you're going to move to independent living. And that is really as much of a lifestyle change as anything. So when you move into independent living, tip most of the inventory is typically going to be an apartment, but there are some villas, there's some duplexes and fourplexes, and you know there are a lot of, lot of different options out there. But I would say the majority of the inventory across the entire country will be an, a nice independent living apartment, and they provide typically at least one meal a day, so you get some you get some help there. Sometimes two, maybe even three meals a day. There's some transportation there to help you get to and from, although most people in independent living are still driving. And there's some socialization opportunities, but you are you are on your own. You're, you're completely independent. These apartments will have a fully functioning kitchen so that you can cook whatever you want. But they do make at least one meal a day, if not two or three. So you don't have to worry about taxes, utilities, Home repairs, uh, you know, uh, uh, scooping snow, mowing the lawn. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. All of that's taken care of for you. The cost would be largely dependent on, first of all, how nice the place is. So some places are super fancy and they've got the chandeliers and the marble and the fountains and all the stuff and the granite, et cetera, et cetera. Some places are more modest. Okay, so it's going to depend on how nice the place is aesthetically, uh, but the biggest impact will be the size of your apartment. So obviously a smaller apartment will cost less per month than a larger apartment, et cetera, and then if it has a garage with it or not, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the cost there is going to be anywhere from about $3,000 to about $5,000 per month, and that's, uh, that, that is the going rate. And I think these these prices are going to be pretty solid all around the entire country with, I mean, some pretty, I mean, some common sense. If you're in the center of a, of a huge city, huge metro area, might be more expensive. If you're out away from that, it might be a little bit less expensive. But th- this is going to get you, I think, close. Now, the first opportunity to receive care is going to be at that assisted living level of care. And remember, assisted living is a social model where they can help you with those activities of daily living. So they can help you minimally or fully with your bathing, dressing, grooming. They'll distribute all of your medications, make sure that you get all of that taken care of for you. And I'll tell you what, that becomes more and more important as as we age to make sure that we get our meds, first of all, taken properly and second of all, taken on time. And so that that's a, that's a big part of it. They can help with incontinence support to a point, to a point, uh, and all of, all of them are a little bit different. Some will help a little bit, some will help a lot, okay, but to a point. They make all of your meals, snacks, hydration, they provide all that for you, so you don't even have to worry about cooking, which is pretty nice. 
There is a full slate of activities for meaningful social engagement. You can attend as many or as few as you would like. They have doctors that essentially make house calls. They'll, they will come to you. You can still keep your doctor, but most people think, wow, it's so convenient. The doctor's here maybe once a, once a week, couple, once every couple of weeks. They typically, the model typically now is that a nurse practitioner, maybe even a physician's assistant, but usually I'll see nurse practitioners come in several times a week. And they're available for all of the residents in, in, these, in all of these places. So that's, that's pretty darn nice. That's really nice. So you have that. You have transportation to go out for medical appointments, maybe to see a specialist or, or your own family physician if you'd like to keep them. So I'll tell you, there is, there's, just, there's a lot to like. It's just not a medical model per se. Now, in assisted living, the cost is going to be impacted by a couple of different factors. Uh, I, think, I think the main driver is going to be the level of care. So you'll have, typically, you'll have a base charge. Let's say that is, uh, I'll just make up a number that's fairly common, $4,500 for an assisted living apartment. And then you have your level of care charge on top of that. So that 4500 is kind of a base package that includes, you know, all of the food and, you know, all, all of the stuff. And then a level of care charge might be say they might have like a, a level of care 1, 2, 3 and 4 and each level adds say $500 to it. So your range is 4500 to $6500 for example. And and that's 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 pretty common. Uh, a larger apartment that could go up to maybe 7 $8000. Uh, some places have a level of care charge that goes, you know, much higher than a couple of thousand. It could go up, you know, 3,000, 3,500. They're all a little bit different. But the point is, if you need a little bit of help, generally speaking, you're going to be paying less than. If you need a tremendous amount of help, you're going to be paying more than uh, someone needing just a little bit of help. So so that's the idea. I would say that the average range uh, is – and it's also impacted by the size of your apartment. So the level of care – and then the smaller apartment is less than a one-bedroom is less than a two-bedroom. Okay, so you're going to be looking at around $5,000 to about $8,000 a month on average for an assisted living level of care. And again, there's a tremendous amount of support. It's just not necessarily medically based. Now, as soon as I say that... <laughs> There are always exceptions, always and forever. Most of these places cannot provide a two-person transfer or use a mechanical lift to help move a resident from point A to point B. There are if, usually there are one-person transfer. If you need more help than that, it's a function of staffing and you need to move to a higher level of care. Well, there are a few places that will provide that. Most of them will not provide insulin injection in your diabetic management. But there are a few that staff LPNs at least 24 hours a day, and they can handle that. But the vast majority of them do not. So that's why I call it a social model with a few exceptions. That's the assisted living level of care. And hold on to your hat because I'm going to talk about long-term care, and the pricing on that is going to take your breath away. <laughs> Don't go away and hold on. 
You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right. So talking about the different levels of care, what they provide, and then what uh, what to expect to pay for these, these different things, these different levels. So the highest level of care available is what I call long-term care. Now, it all kinds of people in the politically correct world that we live in, well, that is skilled nursing. Well, that's the health center. Everyone's trying to avoid <laughs> the old term that comes with lots of baggage, nursing home, <laughs> right? So in, in nursing home, that, that does. I mean, you have this image of cinder block walls and you know terrible odor and all that kind of stuff. But uh, – and. I mean, to be honest, that negative image, it was well-earned. Also, to be fair, it's nothing like that today for the most part. You can still find an old beat-up place that's just awful. But the vast, I have to say, the vast majority of nursing homes, what I call long-term care communities, are just light years different and so much better. So much better. Some of these places... It doesn't look like a nursing home at all. You, I, I'm walking through some of these places and I'm like, and and they're using, my clients are using the term nursing home. They're, they're just kind of surprised. I'm like, does that look like any nursing home you've ever been in? They're like, no, this this is fantastic because they, they just don't know. So so why uh, I call it long-term care. That's the highest level of care that is a medical model. And that's where they provide everything that assisted living provides plus medical care. They can provide a two-person transfer. They can use mechanical lifts to help a resident from point A to point B. They can provide diabetic management with insulin injection because they have nursing on staff 24-7. They can provide wound care if that would be needed. They can, they can provide catheter care if someone has a urinary catheter. Uh, some of them can even help out with IV therapy. Sometimes they can help treat a resident and care for a resident with the tracheostomy. And a few places are so specialized that they can provide care for a ventilator patient, a resident on a ventilator. Now, most of them don't go that high, and it's not really needed. Usually, you'll have a, a specialty area or a specialty uh, community in a lot of different metro areas that can, that can handle that. And, and God bless them for that. That's a tremendous amount of work. It's basically like a little mini hospital in those places I've been in. But the vast majority of them can handle the vast majority of medical needs. Now, once you get to the long-term care, level of care, it's not really much about your space, your personal space. It's mostly about the care that you receive. 
So we have a couple of different living options. The first option, uh, a lot of times it's referred to as a semi-private room, or I just refer to it generally as a shared room, which means you have a roommate. So again, it's not much about your space, mostly about the care that you receive. And these places are going to run $6,000 a month would be really on the low end, upwards of about $9,000 or so per month. And I'll tell you, around here where I live in Kansas City, most of them are about $8,500 to about $9,200 a month for a shared room. That's a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, that's a tremendous amount of money. Well, Steve, there's no way my mom or my dad or my spouse, there's no way they're going to they're gonna be able to deal with having a roommate. They haven't had a roommate since college. Okay, I, I totally get it. So what about a private room? Well, there are definitely private rooms available at most of these places, but your space comes at a premium. So you're going to be looking at $9,000, $9,500, upwards of... Fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a month. So that's why when I meet some of my clients through Senior Care Consulting, my firm Senior Care Consulting, I, I've met a lot of clients here lately that just have just wonderful, I mean wonderful long-term care insurance policies that have this escalation, this in- inflation rider that just that bumps up everything it bumps up what is going to pay out per day it bumps that up every year by five percent so it's kept up with inflation it's kept up with all of the rising prices and now it's going to pay you know three hundred four hundred dollars a day if you're fortunate enough to have purchased one of those policies and especially if your policy has a lifetime benefit do not ever get rid of that If you can possibly hang on to it, I know it gets expensive, but if you ever need to use that, it is worth its weight in gold, maybe in platinum. Okay, because I've I've just seen this in action. I've seen way too many of my clients, especially recently, they're like, oh, thank goodness we didn't cancel that when we were thinking about it. This thing is going to set my mom up, my dad up for life, and, and they're really, really well covered now financially. So, again, shared room, 6000 is on the, on the low end, 9000 9200 uh, on on the higher end. That's actually kind of normal in, in my neck of the woods. That's for shared room and long-term care, private room, 9000 9500 to $13,000, $15,000 a month. And then, well, Steve, what about memory care? You forgot about that. Well, no, I didn't. So you have the assisted, there are other levels of care. I'm just talking about the the primary ones today. Assisted living and long-term care, they both offer memory care. Remember, memory care is a special type of care for resident with cognitive impairment. So you can typically add maybe a little bit more per month onto all of the average costs to provide memory care. And so, again, if you're going out into the market, uh, first of all, God bless you. And second of all, hurry. (laughs) Make some choices. Get your name on a wait list. 
If you're lucky and you're at a good place and they have a bed available, I would jump on it. If you need it right now, do not hesitate. Just say, I'll take it and just go for it, okay? Uh, After you've done your homework and after you're comfortable with the place, of course. All right, so as we wind up this year, I cannot believe 2023 is almost in the books. Just want to wish you and your family Happy New Year. Uh, we, we do our thing every year. The kids are all home, and I make a ton of finger foods. We have some friends over, and we just have a wonderful time. We drink a little champagne at midnight, and uh, and we watch the ball drop and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, again, I wanted to wish a Happy New Year to you and yours. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week, next year, right here on Senior Care Live. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.